0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. And what we're going to do, we're going to look at the life of Moses. The life of Moses gives us an example about going deeper. When you were born again, you are born to go deeper. And the attributes that Moses had when he followed after God and what God imparted into him... It was directly out of a desire and a knowledge and an understanding in certain areas of his life. So I'm going to ask you the question, how many of you would like to learn about what Moses knew that caused him to have such revelation, understanding, and power and authority to walk with him? How many of you want to learn that? Are you ready? Will you stand to your feet? As you're standing, I'm going to read you what the syllabus says. The syllabus says, as children of God, we are called to go deeper into God's presence, purpose, and promises. However, however, many times we associate childlikeness with shallowness and ignorance. We need to understand that there's a difference between being childish and being childlike. When Jesus called us to be like children in Matthew 18 and 3, he wasn't calling us to immaturity. He was calling us to trust, to seek, and be in all. Of who he is as God. And when God called Moses, he had to work through some of his own insecurities in order to go deeper in God. And I'm going to let you read the rest of that at home. Or your own time. Psalms 103. Turn with me there if you will. If you have your Bibles, if not, look on the screens. If you have your phones, electronic devices, you want to mark it, highlight it. Psalms 103, verse 1. I'm just going to read through a few verses here. Uh, well, seven verses. And really quickly, I want to just make one point. I want you to recognize from the offset, Psalms 103 has one name in it that is built around. That's the name of Moses. When you read Psalms 103, it gives indication of the secrets that God revealed to Moses. Very, very interesting. And so it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all of our iniquity, who heals all of your diseases. Now, if you recognize and parallel this to Moses' time, God forgave Israel's iniquities. God healed all their diseases when Moses raised the serpent in the wilderness and prayed for them and they gained favor because at some point they were dying <laughs> because of their sin. To alter, that, to alter that death, I associate diseases with the spirit of death. But how many of you know we have the spirit of life through Jesus Christ? And so it says... Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. In other words, God will inspire you through his anointing to give you the words that will alter your life. Words that come out of your mouth will raise you up to a new level and renew you. Renew you. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. And that doesn't mean oppressed from people. Many times it doesn't necessarily mean from people. It really means from anything, anything spiritually that would try to oppress you. That is the opposite of the cousin to possession is being oppressed. Oppressed. A lot of people don't have a devil. They're just being taunted by a devil. And so he'll deliver you from that. But listen to what he says in verse 7. He made, his, he, made known, he made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. And I'm going to continue to read a little the latter part of Psalms 103 later. But I want you to recognize that the children of Israel saw the miracles. They saw the hand of God. They saw the parting of the Red Sea. They saw all the ten plagues. They were delivered, set free, redeemed, and then they went through the journey from the, to the promised land. They saw it. They experienced it. But Moses knew how it was done. Moses understood it. Would you all like to learn that today? Would you just make this your prayer then? Say, Lord Jesus, open my mind. Say, right now, I separate and consecrate my mind, my heart, my desires. Nothing is more important than your presence right now, God. Nothing is more important than your instruction and your word. Today, right now, right now, my heart belongs to you. In Jesus' name, deliver the word in simplicity so I can understand it. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them you're fixing to go deeper. Whether you like it or not, you're fixing to go deeper. God bless you. You can be seated. In order to validate Moses and use him as an example, let's go ahead and talk about how God used him and some of the ways the anointing flowed in his life. I want you to recognize the first thing that happened in Moses' life was this burning bush experience. And what was the first thing that God told Moses? He said that that, uh, when Moses asked, how would I tell, who do I tell them that sent me? I have some reverb. Can y'all fix that for me, please? There is something that God told Moses about this assignment. He revealed himself as the I am. The I am. It was the one revelation that he gave to Moses that would be sufficient for the exodus of God's people out of Egypt. The self sufficient one, the I am, became the source for the point of contact in Moses' mind to connect with God. And as he connected with God, God began to reveal to him what to do, how to do it, and the mindset. It's very important to understand that God has a mindset for us to adopt. And adapt to. Moses had the mind of God in the sense of such deep revelation. And I want you, if you will, to write down in your notes, in your syllabus, you can only go as deep as your revelation. You can only go as deep as your revelation. Revelation means that God, how God reveals himself to you. You can know God in a certain experience, but then in order to go deeper, or let's just say synonymously go higher, it's not a paradox, it's just you got to go deeper to go higher. You have to have a deeper understanding in order to excel. You must have a revelation of who God is, and you must experience that revelation. Knowledge with understanding, brings revelation and revelation was meant to be experienced that's the sequence knowledge understanding experiencing it walking it out stepping out by faith that was Moses's hardest task he used an excuse of not being eloquent in speech and then began to give God all the excuses to why but isn't it amazing? Once Moses stepped out by faith and didn't even, that we know of, really overcome his insecurities. He just—we know—he became more dependent on God. Now he may have overcome a lot of his insecurities or a lot of his fear, but but the one thing we do know—if he did—it was because of his dependency on God. There is absolutely nothing wrong. With being dependent and saying, I am dependent on God. I need him every single day. In fact, I'll be the first to confess to you, I can't even walk in this world without him holding my hands. I need to feel him every day. I, I need to experience him every day. I need his guidance every day. I need the word of God in my mind every day. I need him to show me something new every day. There is availability of God's mind if you can associate it with his deity and his omnipresence. It's everywhere, and it fills the universe and all space, and there is no end to it. So is the mind of God. God has a lot to show you. We may be limited in our thinking, but our spirit man causes our world to expand. Moses' mind was expanded with revelation. Moses wrote the the first five books of the Bible. And if you look at the books of the Bible from Genesis to Deuteronomy to Exodus, Leviticus, when you begin to go through and look at everything that was there in those first five books and on, you'll find out that it was such a deep revelation like creation. Only God knew how he created the heavens and the earth. And God gave Moses the details and told him, on this day I did this, on the second day I did that, but before I even spoke things into existence, I did this and gave spiritual awakening to the earth that was form and unvoid. The earth, he knew everything about it. How did that happen? His ability to go deeper. And then he gave instruction to the book of Leviticus. All of this was so strategic And would be for the church age to come. God used one man, and out of that one man who was 80-something years old, he had a hunger for God. God established a a solid foundation. A solid foundation. Just like Jesus being the cornerstone Moses was a type of Christ, he came and established a, a foundation for us under an old covenant. It was powerful that God used Moses the way he did. He led millions of people out of Egypt they saw the plagues, but Moses knew how they were injected and how that God's judgment came. He helped them survive in the wilderness. He helped them go through their trying time and their trial. Did you know that God will give you revelation how to survive your testings? Everyone goes through a wilderness, but in their case, it was the real deal. No food, no water. But they lived off of manna. They had water from a rock. They had shade in the day, fire at night. Moses knew how all of this would take place. Israel just had the benefits of it. Moses introduced true worship through the tabernacle. Moses gave the law, the guidelines for having and staying in right relationship with God, which was essential for the blessings of God. He helped them get to the promised land, and he raised up Joshua and trained him and showed him by the life that he lived. You're not a success until you have a successful successor. Our priority in life is not to build something for ourselves, but to build something for someone else to continue on and so forth and so forth. God doesn't just want to bless one person. God wants, he thinks multi-generational. The blessings of God are intended for multi-generations, many generations to come. Did you know that the life that you're living now will pay even more bigger dividends and your family down the road? God's blessings do not stop. And when we look at the life of Moses, it was a life of progression. It was a life of progression. Here's the irony of this. God wasn't trying to just bring Moses. He was trying to bring Israel into a deeper walk with him. I want to show you this diagram very quickly if you can see this. If you can't, and I also want you to know that in my sermon notes on the app, if you download the notes, you'll have all of what I'm about to say in more detail. So you can look at this later. Mount Sinai was the very beginning of the encounter with God. Now, you remember the moment when Moses went up the mountain? Did you know that God called Israel to go up the mountain too? To be on the mountain? God told Moses, tell the people to consecrate themselves and get themselves ready. Because they were foolish and they had hardened hearts. But God said, here's what you do to Moses. He gave Moses the strategy. They didn't know how to do it. But God told Moses, this is what you do And this is what they need to do because I want them to experience me. So when the moment happened and they were going up, Moses went up and the glory of God came and the lightning and the thunder. And God said, when I speak to you, I'm going to make sure that they hear me too. That they'll know I'm with you. If you can imagine the millions of Israelites that were there, seeing Moses, this little figure, 80-something-year-old man, walking up there with his staff into a cloud. And they don't see him anymore. And all of a sudden, lightning and thunder and a voice of God comes. And the children of Israel were, were told, you can join me up there. And they said, no, I'm good. I'm all right. I'll just stay here. I'm good with watching your experience. I'm good with you getting closer to God, but I don't want none of that. It's scary. Do you know that there are certain people that don't want to go deeper and don't want to excel because of fear? The fear of failure. The fear of what if I can't fulfill what God's called me to do. The fear of oh man, I have to give up this, give up that. The fear of people watching me and I'll be ostracized, or I'll be I'll be that that person, that weird person. Spoiler alert: You're already weird. <laughs> I tried to help it; it just, just kind of <laughs> comes out. We went to Oklahoma recently, and I prayed for some people, and they they came down, and they wanted God to touch them. They wanted the benefits of God, but there were certain people that I actually asked, would you like to have more and have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And their response was, no, I'm good. I'm okay. I didn't mean to throw Oklahoma under the bus, but uh, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. One of the reasons why is because an individual may not understand uh, another individual will see somebody else's experience and go, in and they, they're weird. Don't let somebody who doesn't know how to be a good steward of the presence of God ruin it for you. Don't let a church or a preacher or anybody that doesn't know how to carry the presence of God with love and wisdom and understanding and good balance ruin it for you. God wants us all to go deeper. So Israel didn't go up the mountain. God said, if you read the scripture, he told them to build a meeting place. So God came down to them. That was the meeting place. Prior to the tabernacle, I want you to see how God was trying so hard to get Israel in his presence. He went, and there was a meeting place. And then in the meeting place where Moses went to go meet with God, and the same glory came down over the meeting place. And then it was there that they watched as they saw Moses. All the people, it said, came out from their tents. They looked at Moses go in. They saw the glory of God come, and they began to worship from where they were. But That wasn't God's plan. On Mount Sinai, God gave the blueprints to what you look at now from the meeting place to the tabernacle. But here's the irony of this. Here's the crazy part. Did you know that when they built the tabernacle, God would not let Moses go in at that moment? He didn't let him go in. It wasn't until God established the priesthood and began to set things in order where everybody now, now that he established the tabernacle, now they had to learn to function and be interactive with the presence of God and become priests to steward it. It wasn't for Moses the entire time. It was all about giving Israel a chance to be closer to God. But God established a system and made the tabernacle Now, if they wanted his presence, he did not. It's like he said, you know what? Moses has been doing the work the entire time. Now it's time for you to worship me. This is what happens in families, children, even spouses. Everyone must learn how to experience Jesus for themselves. Everyone. From adults to teenagers, young adults, children, everybody's got to learn how to enter into the presence of God. And God established the tabernacle. This is the type of new covenant. Because now... God didn't just send us up into heaven. Jesus came down to us and made us the tabernacle. But now everybody's a priest. Now everybody has a chance to come in and worship God. And it's not just for one person, not just for the preacher, not just for the high priest, but everybody's been called to be a royal priesthood. This is the progression. This is the progression of Christianity and what God intended from the beginning of time. And the same mind that God gave to Moses to understand the blueprints of the tabernacle, he's given you the same mind, the mind of Christ, to understand how to walk with God, how to worship God, how to sacrifice under God, how to enter his presence, how to live in the courts, how to be blessed. And because they knew how to function in this, they never were without He provided all their needs. And as a reminder, he said to them, I want you to make a table of shoe bread from every tribe just as a reminder and gratitude towards my provision. And now you and I take communion. And he said, when you do it, remember what I did for you. Remember, I broke my body. I took the stripes on my back. I was bruised for your iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon you. And with my stripes, you're healed. Don't forget you got to remember where God brought you from. But all of this is to get us closer to God. All of this was to get us closer to God who truly loves us. But here's the heart of Moses. Point number one, what was his motive? What was his mindset? Here it was. Moses refused to do anything without God's presence. Moses refused to do anything without the presence of God. God, I want to read you Exodus 33, Exodus 33, verse 13. Write that down, Exodus 33 and 13. Now, therefore, I pray, if I, Moses, have found grace in your sight, God, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. Remember, I read you in Psalms 103 where he showed his ways to Moses. You wanna know how and why? You wanna know how and why? Because Moses asked him to. Turn to somebody and tell them, You have not because you ask not. It's that simple. It's that simple. Moses said the evidence is right here. Why did God show his ways unto Moses? Because Moses asked him to. But behind the ask was a big desire. Here's something to write down, just FYI, just, just write it down. If you're going to ask God for something, you've got to couple your heart's desire to have it as well. That's the faith part. That's the hunger part. That's the part that when you ask for something... From God, it has to be coupled with faith. And hunger and faith are very closely knitted together. You can have anything in the covenant that we have with God that's available to you through Jesus Christ when you ask. And the scripture says that when we ask amiss, according to our own will, we don't get it. But when we ask according to his will, he says, anything you ask in my name, I'll give it to you. You want to go deeper? Not just out of curiosity. Do you really desire to go deeper to understand him? Do you really want to know how to begin to manage the things that God has given you? Do you really want to understand how to function in ministry? How to see your family saved and how to see God fill your house? Then you've got to desire it and you've got to ask him. You have to ask him. Show me your ways. And then he didn't do it for himself. He did it because the purpose, the purpose was the people. And consider this nation is your people. Did you know that your family isn't just your family, that's God's family? Husbands, treat your wives right because that's God's daughter. Wives, vice versa. That's God's son. We're the family of God. That's a revelation that should straighten some things out. I'm telling you, when I got that revelation and understood that more deeply, I didn't come between God and his daughter, my wife. I didn't come between God and, and, and my kids or my children. In fact, my responsibility was to go to the highest place. I can go in God and teach my children how to get there. Yeah. Was to teach them that they are now the temple and the tabernacle of God and the abiding place of God and teach them how to approach God and that they can have a blessed life and that they can live and not be overcome by the enemies that are in the land and that God has promises for them and God has a destination for them. You see, Moses messed up. Moses was without, he wasn't without mistakes. He made his own mistake. He couldn't cross over, but he got them there. He got them there. You got to give them some credit for that. And see, Moses was called and considered to be a type of Christ. But there's some things, there's some things we may not see, but I promise you, if you keep your walk with God, the mercy of God will make sure your children get it. And he said, my presence will go with you. Watch this. I haven't even finished reading the scripture. Someone say, Lord Jesus, help him. Help him get me the dinner. Verse 14. Verse 14. He, being God, said, now remember, Moses asked to know his ways. And then God said, my presence will go with you. If you want to know my ways, I'm going to give you my presence. The presence of God is what gives you understanding. The presence, being in his presence, will conform your heart to the mind of God. If you're new to this and you're growing as a new Christian, it takes a hunger for more to get more. And it takes taking action. If you're not consistent with meeting God, it requires dialogue everything you read about the life of moses all the revelation and the conversation with god it was all of that came out the secrets the revelation the understanding the blueprints the law the strategy the everything came out of dialogue i'm gonna say it again everything miraculous that took place was born out of a conversation between moses and god You can say something the same you can say the same thing to somebody with a different attitude and get a different response. You ever got in a misunderstanding with your wife or your husband and say, if you will you just tell me what you want me to do, what you like and what you don't like? Or you can have a better attitude and approach them beforehand and say, just let me know what you like. Just let me know what you dislike. Same thing. Different attitude. Did you know if you'll go to God with the proper attitude, God will reveal himself to you? Instead of getting frustrated with God when things don't work out the way we want them to work out, and say, God, what's going on here? Had we gone to God instead of playing what I call catch-up prayer, right? (laughs) We make a decision, then we want God to catch up to us. Instead of going to God like, like, like Mary did, instead of acting like a Martha and waiting to see what he wanted. I don't have time. No, 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 no. You have the time. You're not making the time. And to make the time, you have to take the time. Got to take the time. Turn to, your, turn to your loved one and say, you got time. You got time. You got time. Because we all use it. We all use that excuse. I don't have time. We we really do. We really do. We just need to take it. Now here's what it says here. Watch this. I, I know I'm I'm lingering here, but I, I got to get done. Here we go. For the, watch this. If your presence, this is what this is now. What God told him. He said, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up here, up from here. He emphasized it, and Moses said, Lord God, if your presence doesn't go with us, we don't wanna go. I'm not gonna go. I can't do it without you. For how then? Will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us. And I'm going to stop right there with that, because there's a whole lot more. but, But I want you to read the rest. That's Exodus 13 and 18. I'm so sorry. Exodus 33 and 13. Moses said, I'm not doing anything without your presence. And did you know That the scripture gave a promise concerning the presence of God. That he said, I will never leave you and forsake or forsake you. That's why the new covenant is better than the old one. Now you are the habitation of God. You have the presence of God. You just have to set him free. God has always got an answer and a direction and a wisdom. You have to start listening. We have to start listening. I'm guilty of not listening and doing. We all make mistakes. We all have gotten through and gone through a certain part of our life where we recognize you're not in the same place you used to be. Therefore, you need a new revelation, a new understanding, a new experience because there are different challenges at this level than the old place. The God of Egypt... The God of deliverance was not the same. It was the same God, but the giftings were different in the wilderness than they were in Egypt. God brought judgment and judged their enemies for deliverance. But then God had to go through the process of testing and changing and transforming and teaching them how to trust him. He delivered them because he heard their cry. But now they had to walk with him and separate from the old mentality, all the old gods, all the old pagan worship, the old lifestyle. So they learn how to separate themselves to God in the process. And after the testing, God will bring them into their promise. It's a progression. But the only way to do this is with his presence. God will never leave you, God will never forsake you. Somebody say, Thank you, Jesus. Well, I messed up real bad, not that bad. The blood of Jesus will overcome every one of your circumstances and failures and mistakes and thoughts and actions. All you've got to do is repent. All you have to do is say, Lord, I'm sorry. Renounce it. Renounce the evil works of darkness. Renounce the temptation. Renounce the attitude. Renounce the mindset. Renounce it and receive Jesus as Lord, and the blood will cover the multitude of sin the blood will cover but this is the this is part of the strategy for going deeper point number 2 Moses was dependent on the mercy of God and this is why i believe Moses was able to get the understanding a wisdom the miraculous The hand of God on him. It wasn't in the rod. The rod was a point of contact and a type of him being a shepherd over Israel. Like the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. It was Moses' understanding of the mercies of God. The writer of Psalms Bounds on this. So, if you read the book of Psalms 103, right in between this place of mercy being described and deliverance, that first part I read you talked about, who forgives all of our iniquities, who, heals, our rede- who heals, heals all of our diseases, who redeems our life from destruction, who crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies, and then he mentions Moses. And he made his ways known unto Moses. Then after that, read this. Or look at this. Psalms 103 and 8. This is a revelation, folks. This is part of God trying to tell us. If you want to see the benefits of God and see and eat the good of the land and see progression in your life, you must be dependent on the mercies of God. It's not by your works. But faith without works is dead right? But you and I need to understand our rising up and our laying downs and our getting going in and our going out is all based on the mercy of God. Moses was dependent on the mercy. Let's continue in the scripture. Psalms 103 and 8 says this, the Lord, read it. Can you repeat this after me? Can we say this together? Say with your heart. Repeat after me. Are you ready? The Lord, the Lord. is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquity. We deserved it, but he didn't do it. He was going to, but he didn't. You want to know why? Because Calvary stopped it from happening in your life. Calvary stopped the chancla from hitting you. The old, old school wooden one, by the way. Y'all know everybody's got rubber now, rubber chunk. Hey, that not that's cheating. <laughs> cheating. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquity. What is iniquity? Self-willed, stubbornness, sinfulness, rebellion. Our own way, our own iniquity, our own way. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so is, watch this, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. Fear him. What does that mean? A healthy reverence and honor and respect for God himself, not taking him for granted. Here's here's something to think about. Let me mess with your mind a little bit. Are you ready? Check this out. Watch this. Mercy allows you to go either way, deep into the presence of God or deep into sin. What do you mean, Pastor Bobby? Well, have you ever wondered why after a while of doing the wrong thing, it's like God says, go right ahead? And you're not judged, and you're thinking, you must not be sin. <laughs> That's not what it is. <laughs> That's not what it is. At first, God will correct you. But when you stop responding to the correction, God says, well, go right ahead. Mercy The judgment has been withheld by Calvary. It doesn't mean that God isn't going to uh, judge you in the sense of, you know, lightning is going to come from heaven and and destroy you in that moment. No, 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 no. He'll allow you to go that way. You're going to pay for the consequences of that by getting back into bondage, losing your marriage, losing your family, losing your business. He'll uh, he'll let you. He'll let you go down. But that's your choice. But but remember, the same mercy will allow you to enter in His presence without being destroyed, and with even your frailty, and even with your inconsistencies, and even with your mindset. God will say. You know this is why the scripture says approach the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and then find grace in the time of need find grace in the time of need the power of god the influence of the spirit that enables you to walk this walk and gives you a desire but mercy endures forever mercy endures forever verse 12 As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. Somebody say praise the Lord. Verse 13, I'm just reading the word now. You're responding to it? Listen to this. This is about you. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. So before you get the big head because you look in the mirror and you're thinking, man, mm, stop. Just dust. Put water to dust. You can make a little castle, make it look good. It doesn't make, you're still dust. I got to stop. Lord, put old nature down. As for his ways his days are like grass, as for man his his days are like grass as the flower of the field he flourishes for the wind passes over and it's gone. Life is too short folks. Life is way too short to be dumb. I'm sorry, I don't know another word. Stupid. Life is too short. the wind passes over and it's gone and its place remembers it no more while you're trying so hard to hold on to everything and not let loose and be obedient to god guess what one of these days you're not going to be here and you're not going to be remembered anymore and then somebody else is going to have what you had but your eternal reward will be with you forever forever in eternity But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to the children's children. Remember, he's talking about Moses. How Moses knew his ways. Put the book, put the chapter into proper context. Put it together. This is how God showed his ways to Moses. Moses understood. Except you go with me. I'm gonna give you a scripture and I can keep on going. But too, I'm gonna to stop right there. But too many people, too many people disqualify themselves before they even enter in, and they'll say, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I don't know that much. What if I fail? What, if, what, what that's not for me, that's just for the pastor. Pfft. It is for you, Jesus died for you he put his anointing on you and he put his spirit in you and he wants to use you and you are a priest you are a royal priesthood you are somebody because you've been purchased by the blood of jesus christ we're not in the place where israel was we're in the place of a new covenant because the ultimate sacrifice has been given and it's a better covenant And through Jesus Christ, we have forgiveness of sin and we have the blood applied in our life upon our confession. And also, according to 1 John, the spirit, the water, and the blood have all agreement. So when you're water baptized today, for those of you that are getting water baptized, the blood is applied in your life. So stop being fearful of fear failing Romans chapter 9 come on Haley Romans chapter 9 verse 15 for God for he says to Moses listen to this I will have mercy on whomever I have mercy I will have compassion on whomever I I have compassion. So then it is not of him who wills. In other words, it doesn't matter what other people say who tries to qualify you or disqualify you. It's not even by your own will. Nor of him who runs. It's not on your talent and even your own strength and capability, but of God who shows mercy. You know why you're here in God's house today or in the worship center? You know why you're here in church today? Because of the mercy of God. You know why you're still married? You know why you recovered from marriage? You know why God is picking you back up from your field? Because of mercy because of mercy you want to know why you're able to lift up your hands and feel the presence of God because of mercy but everybody else said you shouldn't be doing that well no 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 but mercy said I've forgiven them mercy said they didn't go too far mercy said I went further I'm everlasting mercy said you get your hands off of them because I'm gonna have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion because I'm God Some of us don't even know how we got here. I'll tell you how you got here. God picked you up. God picked you up, cleaned you off, and gave you His Spirit. And if you'll say to God, I want your spirit everywhere as I go, and I refuse to go there without you, you're going to see mercy carry you. You're going to see the mercy of God begin to excel and begin to prosper and begin to take you places you only imagined. I want to leave you with this thought. God's mercy makes the decision on who goes deeper. God's mercy makes the decision on who goes deeper. I don't even know what I'm doing up here. I can't tell you how I got here. All I can tell you is God is a merciful God. Am I perfect? No. Do I have it all together? No. I make mistakes. I don't know everything. But if there's one thing I do know... I know that God's mercy endures forever. And I, one thing I do understand, I can't do without His presence. Therefore, I'm in His presence every day. got to pray in the Spirit. I've got to worship Him. I've got to listen to worship. I've got to have a right relationship with my brother, with my sister, with my wife, with my children. It doesn't matter. Nothing's going to come between me and my God. His mercy endures forever. Somebody lift up your hands and begin to worship. There's an anointing in the house this Sunday morning. There's a mercy in here. If you feel like you've gone far, you've never gone too far for God. The only sin you can't be forgiven of is the one you haven't asked forgiveness for. Will you just begin to repent of your sins and your failures and put them aside and stop using them for excuses? Because there's no excuses. God has leveled the playing field. Everybody's a recipient of the blood, of the mercy of Almighty God. His grace is in this building today because His mercy is moving things out of the way. Let's begin to worship. Come on, get engaged right now before you walk out. Begin to pray in the Spirit right now. Just pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit with the knowledge that it's by His mercy. Come on, go deeper, go deeper, go deeper, go deeper, go deeper. deeper. If you've not given your life to Jesus and made him the king and savior of your life, just repent of every way and say, I renounce. I renounce sin, I renounce addiction, I renounce every evil work, I renounce witchcraft, I renounce God every evil way, and I surrender my life to you, Jesus. Be my Savior, be my Lord, forgive me of my sins. Somebody cry out, cry out to God right now. Come on, Haley. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend.